0: Hi, welcome to the Life Church Utah podcast. We are a church located in Salt Lake City, Utah. We exist to lead the people of the valley to be more like Jesus. Check us out online at lifechurchutah.com. Well, it's a good day. How many of you were glad to have some rain over this past week? All right. We're excited about that. So, uh, yes. <laughs> Love to have more rain, even though some wind and storm involved with that uh, was going on there. And we know that uh, there have been some uh, families and cities affected uh, pretty, pretty heavily in the area. And so we certainly pray for, uh, pray for those and uh, for the damages done and things like that. But we are grateful uh, for the rain for sure. And today we are going to be talking about storms. So that's, uh, that's very, very good. So uh, if I'm a little distracted this morning, um, it, is, uh, it is okay. Uh, right now, even as we speak, my daughter and son-in-law are at the hospital, and so waiting for grandbaby number one. So uh, the important thing is it's Shelly and I's grandchild, not, a, not that it's their child. So that is the important thing uh, with that. So, so anyway, so my mind is partially there as well uh, with them. Uh, so this miracle was still fresh in everybody's minds. Uh, the disciples were still talking about how they had reached into the baskets and time after time after time, for what seemed like hours on end, they were able to reach in and get the bread and reach in and get the, uh, get the fish. And uh, they were still amazed at this Jesus who was this rabbi, right, this great teacher that they had, but something more was being revealed every single time a miracle was being done. And I'm sure that as they were talking, as talking amongst one another, um, they couldn't help but go back to uh, the book of Exodus and think about the manna from heaven, uh, right? And a little bit later on, after um, after this miracle of the feeding of the five thousand, uh, Jesus talks directly about this bread from heaven. And uh, so they were they were amazed at the fact of who this Jesus was that maybe they had missed in the process of all of it. Um, they marveled at his power, his compassion. As evening fell, so remember it was kind of late in the day. Uh, when all of this was going on, and uh, then as evening falls, and now it gets a little bit darker, Jesus encourages them to head off, and Jesus heads a little further up the mountain. The crowds are still all there, but now they're full and not hangry anymore, and so we're grateful about not being hangry. Um, And uh, Jesus had withdrawn to this solitary place because the crowds wanted to make him king, it says in, uh, in the book of John. They wanted to make him king in that moment. Um. But the uh, the disciples, he says to them, "You guys need to head off and uh, go back to the uh, go back to the other side. Head off to Capernaum." And um, so this is the context of this next miracle that happens. Jesus up on the mountainside, kind of solitary. The crowds kind of wondering what's next for them. The disciples are now in a boat, making their way across uh, the Sea of Galilee. Um, most uh, or the Sea of Galilee was uh, had a lot of fish in it. And uh, so that was a booming economy for them and their livelihood was on there. And a number of the disciples, if you remember, uh, they had been fishermen. And so heading out onto this lake was second hat to them. I'm sure there were others of the disciples that they were not. How many of you don't like getting on like boats? And it's okay right there. Okay, a few of you right there and like no boats or like the deep ocean. Anybody freaked out by like the deep ocean? You're okay with it shallow, but the deep ocean, you're like, this freaks me out. My, uh, My wife on lakes, she doesn't like doing lakes. The reason she doesn't like it, swimming in lakes, um, well, one reason was when she was in Kentucky growing up, that's where she's from, and uh, one time uh, she had been swimming in this lake, in this pond that was kind of near, uh, near where they were, and then when they drained the pond for some reason, water moccasins were all through this thing, and she had been swimming in it for a long time. That's exciting, right? And so she doesn't like, But stepping on like a mushy lake bottom is disgusting, right? And so there they are in the Sea of Galilee. Some of them loved it. Some of them perhaps did not uh, like it, but they, the fishermen among them, they knew this lake. And as we get to this miracle that we're going to be talking about today, and I think you know where we're headed uh, into this miracle, on a lake, disciples alone without Jesus. If you've read the Bible before, you know where we're headed with this thing. doesn't come as a surprise, but I want you to forget everything you think you know about this story, It's going to be very important as we get into this, because John writes the story a bit differently than Matthew and Mark. And I got to tell you, as I was studying this, I was very annoyed. I was annoyed because in my brain, I kept going back to Matthew's version and Mark's version and missing the point of what John was writing and why he was writing this. And I think it has something to say to us today, especially as we look again at this world around us. And many of you, I was talking to somebody um, earlier this week going through an incredible tragedy in their own life and the loss of a son and and, and very terrible circumstances and and looking at this and seeing these storms that are around. But forget what you think you know about this story uh, because there's some details that John draws that uh, the others don't have, and there's some other details uh, that are missed. It looks like from John, but it's like watching a great movie. For th- how many of you have like a favorite movie that you watch over and over again? Right, I know it drives my wife nuts when I do that. But Apollo thirteen, right? I mean, that for me, I love Apollo thirteen, and I can watch that. I can quote the whole thing. I know this movie backwards. Star Wars. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Okay, I'm, I'm kind of, a, I like movies, okay? And, uh, but, but it's kind of like watching a movie that you've seen a hundred times perhaps, maybe not that many, but you've, you've watched it a bunch of times and you realize something you'd never seen before in a movie. You ever done that before? You're like, how did I miss that? How did I miss that Darth Vader was Luke's dad? Oh, I'm sorry, I just ruined it for you. I apologize. Um, <laughs> Right, Or you misremember the storyline or whatever it is, and you're like, oh, how did I miss that before? And that's kind of what it's like here as we go through the book of John in the story that he tells as the disciples are on the Sea of Galilee. So here we go. John chapter 6, verse 16. Now, when evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, got into a boat, and started to cross the lake to Capernaum. It had already become dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. By now a strong wind was blowing and the sea was getting rough. Then it says then when they had rowed about 3 or 4 miles. So the disciples hop into familiar boats on a familiar sea that many of them had been on hundreds of time because they were fishermen. And at, this, at the area where they were, it's about four and a half to six miles across the Sea of Galilee. It's not, not a very large lake, uh, but the way that the, um, way that the geography is in that area, uh, storms can arise, the winds can blow down through there, and it can get a bit hairy uh, for sure. Um, and so they had been laboring for quite a while. They're about three-fourths the way across the lake, all right? So picture your mind, a big lake, and they're about three-fourths the way across, I say lake, but Sea of Galilee Lake, it's about the same thing. So John records that the wind is blowing, the sea was getting rough, the storm was not something unusual on the Sea of Galilee, it had come up in the evening and the fishermen on board would have been okay with it, others maybe not so much. But we do know that storms are a reality of life. None of us go through life without storms. And it doesn't matter whether you can see them coming from a hundred miles away, right? I mean, um, like when we were sitting, I was watching the storm roll in last night. And I am smart enough to realize that when big, dark clouds are rolling over the Ochre Mountains, you go, I bet we're going to get some rain. And so what do I do? I go outside and all the things that can blow away, I put them in a place where they're going to blow away. It's fantastic. It's really cool to see pillows going. It's awesome. And uh, right, so you go outside, you take care of what you need to take care of. You know the storm is coming, so you get ready for it. There are other storms that crop up very unexpectedly. You ever had those uh, crop up before? Uh, Many years ago, I was in uh, uh, Topaz Mountain, and Boy Scouts, and we were down there camping, and uh, we saw way off in the distance. If you know anything about this kind of central Utah, you can see a long way out there, and uh, you see way off in the distance like a dark shadow way out west. And so one of our scout, scout guys hops on his motorcycle, goes driving way out there, and he comes hauling back and he goes, we have got to get out of here now. And I think this was probably in May, uh, mid-May, something like that. And uh, so we start packing up the storm that was unexpected. At that time, there were no phones around. There weren't any like warnings that go off on your phone saying a storm's imminent, whatever. And so, uh, so we, we pack everything up and by the, and this was like a half an hour. We packed the entire camp up, about 45 of us. By the time we got done packing, it was snowing. It had been about 75 or 80 degrees and it was snowing, blizzard condition. We had no idea. That might be the kind of storm sometimes in our own lives that crop up. Something totally unexpected, a sickness that happens out of the blue. We have no idea that it's coming. A storm happens within your family. A storm happens at work. Something happens at your home. Injury happens. The signs were perhaps there, but this trip that the disciples were on was, was taken kind of at the request of Jesus. He says, Go on, I'm going to hang out here for a little while and dismiss the crowd. Now, in John chapter 16, I'm going to jump way forward in the story. John chapter 16, Jesus gives some words to the disciples that I think are pertinent to today. He says in verse 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world, you have trouble and suffering. Truer words have never been said, right? In this world or in the world, you have trouble and suffering, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Now, Jesus hadn't yet said this particular line to the disciples, right? But we know, right, we've had the opportunity to read the book of John. We know that these are the words of Christ. And I think in moments like this, when the storm is on the horizon of the storm, is right here, right now. We've got to remember that Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble and suffering. It's going to happen. I think sometimes when we become a follower of Christ, and maybe for, for some of you who are here today, um, you know, turning to Jesus and giving your life to Jesus is new. And maybe somebody has sold you a bill of goods that says as soon as you do this, as soon as you begin serving Jesus, everything is going to be great. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, in this life, you're going to have trouble and suffering. It's going to happen. What do we do in the middle of it, though? That's what matters. You're not alone in the circumstance of storms in your life. Everyone here today, everyone watching online, everyone who will watch this message years from now will all face storms. The trouble with life is that life has trouble, (laughs) right? We know that. And this is where Jesus comes in. And we're going to come back to this verse I just read in just a moment. So the disciples in the boat, wind and waves mounting, storm brewing, and then, verse 16, or yeah, I think verse 16, says, they caught sight of Jesus walking on the lake, let me read that again. Storm brewing, wind and waves going on, okay, little nuts out there on the Sea of Galilee. They caught sight of Jesus walking on. You're not getting it. Okay, <laughs> yes, we are. Okay, I'm making sure. He is walking on the lake, approaching the boat, and they were frightened. I think that's so interesting, right? They were frightened. Um, so you got to get picture this in your mind. Okay, they are wa- watching the wind and the waves. If you've ever been on a boat, not a, the the boats that they were on were not necessarily the Titanic. Okay, uh, they were not humongous boats, maybe thirty feet long, something like that. The waves are rocking them pretty good, and um, you know, so the, as the waves are going down and and the edge of the boat goes down, they see like a little shape walking out on this. Water, and they're a little bit frightened by this. And as you know, then the gunwale goes back up and then it drops back down a little bit, and they see that shape a little bit closer to them, a little bit closer to them, a little bit closer to them. And it says that they were frightened. Now, I do want to refer back to Matthew and Mark. It says that they thought this Jesus, they thought whatever this was coming out, was a ghost. Right? So even back then, people were dealing with that. It's not just a phenomenon of the 21st century. Okay, they, they were dealing with. So they thought this was a ghost coming towards them, walking on the water. It says they were frightened, but he said to them, "It is I. Do not be afraid." Now I don't know if he yelled it. Like, I don't know exactly, it doesn't say how far away he was. It is I, do not be afraid. Okay, I don't know if it was like that or if he was, you know, on the edge of the boat while it's going up and down. He's going, hey, guys, it's okay. I got this. We're fine. Okay, I don't know how it worked out, but he says, it is I, do not be afraid. The shape was getting closer, and Jesus shows up. It's kind of like uh, parents, maybe you've been here before. Um, You are sound asleep. The best sleep you've ever had in your life. And you are thanking Jesus for this moment of solace from your, ch- from your children. Any parents? Okay, you already, you feel me? Okay. And you're laying there and it's late at night and you are sleeping soundly, breathing deep and loving the moment that you have. But you feel something. You, f- you feel it. You, you, your eyes aren't open, you're dead asleep, but you feel this presence in your room and you begin to fear, <laughs> right? And so you're laying there and you're facing, you know, so that you're looking over the edge of the bed and for whatever, oh wow, that was loud. And, and as you're laying there and, and you're sleeping, you open your eyes to the most frightful thing you've ever seen in your life, your three-year-old staring you with their beady little eyes, waking you up from your sleep, right? This is what the disciples, like that fear, that premonition, that something is coming. What is this? Parents who've been there before and the disciples were frightened by this approaching vision to them. It took them a while, but when they see that this person, Jesus, right, is walking on the water. Now, the fishermen had been out there. Hundreds of times. They had seen everything under the sun and everything at night. They'd seen it all, but this is something they had never seen before. Their rabbi, their teacher... Who just worked this incredible miracle feeding, uh, you know, 10,000 plus people, the abundance on display. Now, this same Jesus is defying all known laws of nature and walking on the water towards them, saying, It is I, don't be afraid. From this storm, from the wind and the waves, comes the words that we so long to hear as well. In the midst of our tossing and turning late at night in the waking hours when we're afraid of this approaching storm that we see coming on the horizon in our family, we see it coming, maybe we feel it in our own bodies, we, we see it coming at work, we don't know what's next, we don't understand what's going on, we receive devastating news of an accident, a diagnosis, or bare silence from a loved one. It is I, Don't be afraid, right? Whatever storm we have in our lives, we have Jesus who's going to break laws of nature in order to come close to us and say, it is I. Don't be afraid. John 16, again, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world, you have trouble and suffering, but take courage, because Jesus says, "I have overcome, I have conquered the world." Now in the Old Testament, there's this guy. His name is Job. And uh, if you've never read the Book of Job, it is very challenging. Anybody ever read the book of Job, really good, raise your hand. Really okay, it is a very, very challenging book to read and to understand. Some scholars think it is the oldest book. In the Bible, it's potentially one of the oldest written, uh, written books in the Bible, is the story of Job. And in there, it's, it's tough, it's difficult, there's fantastic things that are in there. And one of those is what I'm going to read you here in just a moment. Remember, Jesus has been walking on the water toward them It is I. Do not be afraid, this incredible, uh, this incredible God, right, who is showing himself to be the God over nature as well. And so Job, in the Old Testament, he's struggling. He's in the middle of a storm. His family has been taken away from him through death. He has lost everything. He's got friends that are around him that don't seem to be friends by the way they're responding to the trouble that he is in. And in Job chapter 9, beginning at verse 5, he begins to make declarations about God, right? Because that's what he has to hold on to. And so this is what he begins to declare. He says, who removes mountains and they are unaware, who overthrows them in anger, who shakes the earth from its place and its pillars shudder, who commands the sun and it does not rise, even seals up the stars, who stretched out the heavens alone and trod on the waves of the sea, who made the bear and the Orion, Pleiades and the southern constellations, who does great and unsearchable things, wonders beyond number. Did you catch that right in the middle? who stretched out the heavens alone and trod, or who walked on the waves of the sea. Right? Jesus walking on the waves of the sea is revealing himself to be this God of Job, this God of the Old Testament, this God who rides the waves like a surfer. (laughs) I don't know exactly what it looked like, but there he is in the middle of the storm riding on the waves of the sea. This is our water-walking king, right? This is him, the one that we turn to in our time of need, treading the waves of creation. It is, he would say, it is I who is unfazed by the wind and the rising waves in your life. It is I who can walk confidently in the upheaval of life. It is I. Don't be afraid. God's got this, right? Whatever it is that we are facing, God's, Got this. John chapter 6, verse 16, it says, Then they wanted to take him into the boat. Wouldn't you? <laughs> right? Here's this water walking Jesus. I would be like, Yeah, come in the boat. This is going to be great. It says, Then they wanted to take him into the boat. And it says, And immediately the boat came to the land where they had been heading. That's not recorded in uh, Matthew and Mark. <laughs> we have this unbelievable little moment here where it says they wanted Jesus to be in the boat. And immediately the boat came to rest on the land, made it to their destination. I want you to notice a couple of things. And remember, don't fill in the details that aren't recorded here because John is revealing something about this story that the other two, uh, their focus is a little bit different. The disciples, after hearing Jesus speak, right? He says, it is I, don't be afraid. They recognize him and immediately respond by a desire to have Jesus be with them. They wanted to haul him in the boat. They wanted him to give wanted to give him the best seat. They wanted Jesus to be on board with them in the middle of the storm. But notice what isn't here recorded in John. There's nothing here about the storm being calmed. There, there's nothing here about uh, the disciples being in awe of Jesus. There's no, no, nothing here about Jesus you know, saying, Peace be still to the storm. None of that is recorded in John. And I think he does that for a reason. Right? And then it says that they had a desire for Jesus to be with them, and immediately they made it to where they were headed. For all that we can tell from this story Recorded by John. The miraculous sign that he focuses on is Jesus walking on the water, something they had never seen before. But for the disciples, and this I think John's point, their miracle was recognizing Jesus in the middle of the storm. That's when that miracle actually happened. Was they recognized Jesus? at their point of need. They said, Jesus, we want you with us. Jesus, we're going to do everything we can. We want you with us right now because we can't do this anymore. And I love it what it says is they immediately made it to the shore. Middle of the storm, right? Storm potentially still raging at this moment, right? But they recognized their need was they had to have Jesus with them. So for us in our storms, do we recognize that Jesus is powerful enough to meet our needs? What is the storm that you're facing? What is the storm right now that feels like it's going to crash over the side? So for us in our storms, do we recognize that Jesus is powerful enough to meet us in our storm to reach the other side, to reach where we were headed, right? Even if the storm continues. Reminds me of uh, the book of Daniel, right? The, they're getting ready to be thrown into the fire. The Three Hebrew children, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? They're getting ready to be thrown into the fire. And if you know the story, it says in there, it says, but you know, we're gonna pray to be delivered from this, but even if we aren't delivered and we die here, we're not gonna bow our knee to any, any, any other God. We're not going to bow our knee to any other. So Jesus, in the middle of the storm that doesn't seem to have an end, in the middle of the storm that that just seems to keep continuing, Jesus, all we want is for you to be with us. So how do we recognize, like the disciples, three very very simple things as we close out? How do we recognize Jesus in the middle of our storm? I think one of the best ways we do is that Jesus moves towards us in our struggle. There are lots of this thing in the world that evaporates when we have struggle in our lives. Right? I mean, the friends that you thought were friends and all of a sudden you've got a financial need that you can't handle, many of them evaporate and go away. Right? You've got a struggle in your life. Maybe there's a mental health kind of thing and every friend walks away from the storm in your life. How do we recognize Jesus? Just like the disciples, Jesus breaking laws of nature, doing everything unexpected to come to be close to where the people, where his people were struggling. Jesus moves toward our struggle. The second recognition is we are comforted by Jesus speaking to us. Right? When Jesus speaks, we're comforted. We know his voice through knowing his word. Let me say that again. We know his voice through knowing his word. So folks, please get in the word of God. Get in the word of God, because how else are we going to know his voice? And as we see the pressures mounting in this world around us, right, the stuff in Afghanistan, we look at it, we go, God, how is this going to, God, how, why, what? stuff going on in America. I mean, all of this stuff around us, folks, we better know the Word of God because we know that the storm's coming for the church. We know that. We know there's going to be mounting pressure on our faith. The storm is coming, right? Do we know His Word? It's kind of like... uh For those of you who are younger than, see, I'm 51. So those of you who are maybe just a little bit, uh, well, about my age, you actually remember long-distance phone calls that cost you like a dollar a minute. Anybody remember those? Right? Okay. So you remember those things. So there were times you would go a long time without calling a loved one. Now it, you know, whatever, pick up your phone and just call, whatever, okay? Free everywhere in the world, (laughs) all right? So it just doesn't cost you that anymore. So I remember at Bible college, it would take me a while to call my mom, probably farther. Sorry, mom, I didn't call you as much as I should in Bible college, right? And, uh, but the reason I didn't, because it cost, right? And so when I would hear her voice, ah, there's something comforting about that voice. This is exactly the voice we need to know through the word of God. It's the voice of God through Jesus Christ speaking to us. It is I, don't be afraid. I was uh, heard a story of, um, uh, you guys obviously know Pastor Alfred. He's still in the hospital, still praying for him and still believing. He's doing better little things that we see that are very positive. Um, but I heard a story relayed to me of Anna, his wife, and, and they would be, she would be there in the hospital sitting next to him while he's on the ventilator and apparently not able to respond, and yet she would be there reading the Word of God and like a tear would be trickling out of Alfred's eye because the voice right, of the, of the word of God is so powerful, folks, right? And the last thing, Jesus won't leave us. He won't leave us. He'll come in the middle of our trouble. <laughs> He'll speak to us, right, and comfort us, and then he won't leave us until we reach the other side. Well, he won't leave us after that either. Okay, <laughs> he won't leave us. The bottom line, right there, right? But he, we reach the other side, right? With him now, we reach the other side. He's not temporarily with us. It says he's with them on the other side, and he will be with us as well. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. There are those of you who are here today. Um, you're facing a storm. And uh, you feel like those disciples rock back and forth. You feel like it's overwhelming. The water's coming in. You feel like you're sinking, whatever that is. Um, You you need to know that's Jesus right there, right, coming towards you in the middle of your storm. And here's what we're going to do this morning. Um, Because all of us face storms, but some of you might be feeling it a little more than others right now. Something going on in your life, you say, this is just a bigger storm than I can handle. Um. I'm going to invite you without fanfare, right? Without any, I'm going to invite you to come down to these altars and just take a moment and say, God, this is, I, I need to know that you are with me in the middle of the storm. If you've got a storm going on right now in your life, come on down. And we're going to take a moment to worship here in just, uh, just a bit. But this is that, that response that we can have right? Regardless of what's going on, maybe you are far from Jesus right now. You are far from him. And that is a storm in itself. And you say, I need to be drawn to Jesus, right? So come on down. Maybe there's something going on in your family, something at work. Thank you. Here's what I'd like us to do in the worship team. If you guys want to, uh, to lead us here as we sing a song, we've already sang it, but this just be drawn close to him, right? That's our, that's our desire and our goal. Those of you who are um, out in the um, out in the congregation uh, kind of there, can you just lift your hands and towards these who are here? And Father God, you see every one of these um, storms that are represented by every one of these individuals. God, we pray in Jesus' name that, Lord, you would meet them in the middle of their storm. That, God, whatever is going on, Lord, whatever is happening inside of them, whatever is happening in their workplace, whatever is happening in their family, that, God, you would meet them in the middle of the storm. God, they might feel like you're just a little ways off, but God, you are breaking the laws of nature. God, in order to meet them, God, and to be with them and to say the same words you said to the disciples, it is I, do not be afraid. And So Jesus, we want to be drawn to you and God, we give you our storm. We invite you, God, into the middle of our storm. We invite you, Jesus, to weather the storm with us. We invite you, Jesus, because Lord, we know you won't leave us nor forsake us. Let's sing together as we worship the Lord. All we want is you, Lord. It's me and you Jesus, Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. All we want is you, Lord. All we want is you. Forever, oh God. Caught up in your presence, oh God. Be with us in our storm, Lord. All we want is you, Lord. All we want is you, God. Hallelujah. Jesus in your name. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, all we want is you. hallelujah. Father God, we present to you every bit of our lives. And God, at times we might be frustrated with the fact that this seems like it's a storm that never ends. But God, I thank you that in the middle of the storm that Jesus, you arrive on scene. That God, you're with us. Father, let it be that today as we leave from this place, that the storm that has so rattled us, the storm that has so shaken us, that God, that that storm begins to abate and that Lord, you help us to reach the other side of it. Lord, we thank you that you will never leave us nor forsake us. God, for everyone who's come down and others who are facing storms in their life, Lord, I pray that you would bring to them hope and peace God, the words that you spoke um, to your disciples a little bit later on, we've already read them. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. God, let it be that we have peace because, Lord, you say that in this world we're gonna have trouble and suffering, but we are to take courage because, Lord, you have conquered the world. So, God, we present our lives and give them all to you, Lord. Father, I ask that you would guide us today God, I ask that you would lead us to those around us that don't know you because, God, you've called us to lead the people of the valley to be more like Jesus. And so, God, let it be shown through the way that we live our lives generously. God, let it be shown through our lives as we give intentionally uh, to others. And, God, as we give love intentionally to others. And, God, as always, let us be grounded in your word. Lord, we love you this day. God, we give you all the glory. We thank you for your presence. Jesus, we love you. In your name we pray. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here today. And may the Lord be with you. May the Lord calm those storms. Bless you.